Yo, yo, what up, what up? This is your life coach, Jacob Sokol, and welcome to the WTF Should I Do With My Life podcast. This podcast is specifically designed for the people in our generation, like you and me, who are looking to live with more purpose, more integrity, more excitement, more authenticity, and to do that while navigating the current challenges that are unique to today. Thank you for being here. I am fucking stoked for today's interview, which is another one in the series of people who are interviewing me. And uh, this podcast, this interview, this episode today is by a lovely lady named Fernanda Saad. And she was interviewing me at 1.30 in the morning uh, from Australia. I was in New York and I just loved her energy. I loved her grounded perspective on creating a life of more purpose and and more fulfillment. And so she asked some great questions. I get super fired up in this interview. Um, I really enjoyed it. And we explore all different types of things from what does it actually take to leave work that doesn't fulfill you and start doing work that does. We explore things like why it's important to surround yourself with people who believe in you. And you may have heard that before, but I'm not sure if you heard my take on it. Uh, we talk about the hardest times of your life and how oftentimes that pain can lead to your purpose. And we also go into the number one thing that you'll want to work on if you want to be free to express yourself. So all that being said, uh, you can shoot me a tweet at Jacob Sokol and let me know any of your takeaways and subscribe to the podcast because we've got some great episodes coming up in the future. I'd love to get automatically downloaded all up in your business and uh, excited to share some goodness with you coming soon. So without no further ado, let us do this. Cool. Um, I'm just going to make sure my my computer is on. Do not disturb so I don't get any notifications. Cool. Thank you, Jacob, for being here with us today. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, the Do What You Love Revolution is really about this new moment that we're living where we have more and more people looking for a life with more purpose. Um, and I love your message because it has a lot to do with, I think we're very aligned to do, to, I think, um, the fact that we're both Gen Y and we in this new generation that just cannot settle for following the rules. Um, so I wanted to go back to, to your story. When was the moment? Because I know you used to work in, in IT, in the corporate world, and there was a turning point. And I wanted to go back to that point that you said enough because there will be probably a moment that you're thinking about leaving, but what? What got you into action to actually go after this life that you live now? Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you and the work that you do in the world. So thank you for that. And we are fighting this revolution together. And, you know, for me, it just became a point where the pain of staying the same was worse than the fear of the unknown. And so generally what stops so many of us from taking action is uncertainty, right? We've been conditioned to stay away from uncertainty. Uncertainty is evil. We want certainty. We want control. We want comfort. We want perceived safety. And going out and, and becoming somebody 
who you're not used to by doing things that you haven't done before uh, can bring up so much uncertainty, so much anxiety, so much of a feeling of a lack of control that oftentimes we, we do whatever it takes to avoid that. And for me, the pain of staying the same, of the, the crazy voices in my head, of feeling so uncomfortable in my own skin, of feeling deep shame and isolation and then guilt, like, why can't I be happier? Because I have a good life. So the fact that I'm not happier brings me even more shame because there's got to be something wrong with me. And really just not giving myself permission to be human because I didn't know what it was to be human. I just knew what I, what society told me it meant to be a good human. And so for me, you know, the pain had just gotten too bad where I just said, fuck it, like anything. I'm, I know that I can't live the rest of my life like this. Like I am, if there's anything I know, it's that. And so I'm willing to, to, to take some risks and do some things in order to figure out how do I make this thing called life actually work. Yeah, and I love what you said that um, we really get scared of abandoning who we, we know ourselves to be because it really feels like you have actually to, to put the person to, it's like a part of you is dying and you have to let go in order to go into this new, this new world of possibilities that before that moment you just didn't know it was there until that moment that it's so painful that you kind of like pushed, I don't know, the way I feel it, it's like there was a point that my soul was pushing through it. It was like, no, I can't do it anymore. And up until that point, I didn't know any better. Mm. So it got to a point that my friends didn't make sense anymore. The context didn't make sense anymore. And that jumps to the next question I want to to ask you because it's – um my experience and so many that um, people that I follow and so many of my clients that there is this point that you you realize this life doesn't work for me and you start looking for models of who, who, who would I like to be then. For me, it all started with the TED Talks. I started watching lots of TED Talks and looking at them and I'm like, oh, man, I wanted to have that passion because everybody who is speaking at TED yeah. are passionate about what they're talking about. Um and then, but then there's this moment that you're looking up to this, pe- this, this new person you want to be and create yourself to be, but then as soon as you step into it, there's this huge gap, and then you feel really down because it's, how, how, how am I, I going to do that? Mm-hmm. And then your soul comes in again, and you're like, no, I can do it, and you see people, you, you listen to a nice video, you have an inspiring conversation, and then you go back to, no, but I can't do that. So did you have this this conflict as well? Yeah, totally. And I continue to have it, right? So I'm, I'm five and a half years into having my own business now, and I still have the, a disconnect between where I want to be and where I actually am. And to me, that's not a bad thing. It's good to have desires and ambitions and hopes and dreams and goals. Like, this is a good life. But... We also want to honor and recognize that we are whole and complete and can experience just as much joy and and bliss and satisfaction in this exact moment than when we reach our perceived uh, ideal destiny. So there's this beautiful balance between 
Life is amazing as it is right now. Sure, my cat threw up on the floor this morning when I was trying to do my deep work of intense focus. Sure, my girlfriend had a rough night's sleep and had nightmares, you know, last night, and I wanted to spend more time kind of comforting her and calming her today. Sure, my mom is is texting me to help her with IT challenges because she thinks I'm still an IT guy five years after, six years after leaving my job. And, and, and I bring this up to share, like, you know, I still have these little things that come up that are in the larger context. They're just everyday life. And can I find the bliss? Can I find the joy? Can I find a way to just appreciate life exactly as it is right now without telling my cat, you're wrong, right? Or my mom, you're wrong. Or my girl, you're wrong. But just loving life as it is, despite whatever perceived challenges are there, um, as we go for our, our larger vision. Now, you know, speci- speaking specifically about a larger vision, the challenge there is that oftentimes our environment and the people who we spend time with are unconsciously telling us that it's not possible. And the world might be doing that. Your old friends might be doing that. Your family might be doing that. You know, a, a the voices in your head that you've internalized, the voices of other people, you've, we've taken that on and we've kind of let that voice become ours in our head and that's telling us, can you actually do this? Are you enough? Be realistic. Don't be crazy, right? And so I think that's the kind of larger issue is that who are we spending our time with? And even if that's, you know, how are you spending your time? Maybe you're spending time with people who are doing TED Talks. You're not actually with them because... You're watching it online, but at least you get to spend some time soaking in their beliefs as to what's possible about life. You know, if someone's watching this right now who's like, man, I just don't believe it's possible to get paid to do work you love or to, you know, be so free that I can express myself without having to feel like I'm, I'm going to be judged or to travel the world and, and kind of do that very economically. Um, if you were to come spend a month with me, just a month hanging out with me just every day as I go about my life, your beliefs would suddenly start to change, not because we're doing any limiting belief reversal, not because I'm finding your deep childhood wounds, not because, and, and, I, and I joke, I'm joking as I say this, because this, this work is powerful work, but there's something about spending time with people who live in the reality that you want to create, that when you do that, Whoever's reality is stronger will dominate and become the new reality. And my reality is way stronger than anyone who's telling me that what I'm doing is impossible. Because I know what's possible. This is what I do, right? This is my reality. So, uh, so that's why the community is such a, a crucial factor. And we can have all the willpower in the world and instill all the habits in the world uh, into us, but unless we're willing to really, um, at some point, start surrounding ourselves with people who uh, believe that in us and and in what we're doing, that doesn't mean abandon everyone else. It just means be conscious to spend more time with people who can support you. Um, that's really the name of the game. And when we do that, everything changes. Yeah, and it's all about the evidence that you see all around. Because if you see evidence that's not possible, if you only have people in your life that are only doing the 9 to 5, then you have the evidence that that's how it's supposed to be. But then it's when you start surrounding yourself with people that are doing different things, then you have evidence of the contrary. No, that's possible as well. Totally. Is that how it's been for you also in your journey? Yeah, well, it it was... um, 
I'm the only one in, in, with when I started, I was a restaurant manager and I had the nagging feeling is, is it? And I liked my job then. I had a great boss. It was fun. I was really good at it. So it was easy. I was getting good money traveling. And it's like you, I, I was ticking all the boxes. Like, why should I not be happy? That's so, and I'm Brazilian. I moved to Australia. So I live in an amazing country. Everything was just as I wanted. But out of the sudden, what I wanted wasn't what I really wanted, you know, and I needed to, to teach, I needed to get where I was to see then the next step. And it started with the TED Talks, and then no one, I worked in hospitality, every, everybody just drank, smoked weed, <laughs> that's what we used to do. Uh, and then out of the sudden, that life didn't fit me anymore, it was like, that was that sense of not belonging, and that's when I started with like YouTube videos, videos, books, podcasts, and surrounding myself, like you said, with people that are not necessarily with me, um, but had the ideas. Mm-hmm. And it was hard at the beginning because a lot of people, like my husband including, um, you know, this is just a scheme. People don't actually live like that. You're dreaming, you know, like I'm just a weird one. Mm-hmm. And it was a process of learning to be the weird one totally. and loving it. And it's totally. like, yeah, I am like that. And, and for some other people, I'm not weird. I'm very conventional. And, you know, um, so it's, it's really a matter of who you're comparing yourself with because. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And I relate so much to what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's funny because we all have a different journey, but we all have the same journey in some way. It's that recognizing within ourselves that there's something that kind of doesn't fit here. And how do we make sense of that? My sister actually, and I love my sister. She's, you know, amazing, uh, really amazing. So she was so concerned for my well-being when I decided to go on this path that I'm on. She actually told me, she's like, no girl will ever date or marry you if you go on this path, right? And I'm just like, I'm like, man, I love you, but like, but, but I know that, you know, the, the thing is, I know that her intention is pure love. I, I know that. And that was just her own concern and her, her own worry and me challenging her set of beliefs as to what's possible and me challenging life as she knew it. And so she's like, no, like I'm holding on to life as I know it. You, you mentioned something earlier about, when we make changes, it's almost as if there's a death of ourselves, of, our, of ourselves that's happening. And, and I love that. I mean, that's so on point because what, what's happening is like our soul has one agenda and our identity has another I- agenda. And in life, what we want is we want to create an identity to serve the soul, not to serve what society says we should be doing. And oftentimes, these two things don't, don't match up our current identity and what our heart or our soul or our deeper sense of wisdom knows it it wants. And so major conflict arises and it can actually feel so uncomfortable. It can feel like you're dying when you go to do this thing that's uh, unknown to you. You can have the physiological response of, holy fuck, I'm so scared. It feels like I'm going to die because in part that identity, that kind of psychological construct as to how you view yourself and how society views you, that is dying. And so it is a death and a rebirth, but not a physical one, a a metaphorical uh, identity based one. And so when you were sharing that, I was like, she gets it. We're we're on this together. Yeah. It's the same revolution. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's exactly like, and it is the death as well, um, 
relating to how people, like you said, how people see you. And then the friends that you have, out of the sudden, they don't fit anymore. And I see, like, um, I was listening to someone saying that you only keep the relationships in your life that are growing with you, even if they're not growing with you, uh, but in somehow they're growing. And I can so clearly see that the friendships that are not on the path of growing, even if they're just like, I my best friend just had a baby, so it's another growth. Mm. She's growing to a mother, but she's growing. So we're still connected. But the friends that didn't grow, they're still in, in restaurants. I still love them to death, but we just don't have fun spending time together. It's just as simple as that. So just like, oh, it's okay, we catch up one day. And and then with family, it's a bit more complicated. But um, you learn, it's like what you say about your sister. Um, and I see that a lot with parents. Is um, Our parents, more than anything, and I was listening to Jonathan Field saying that the other day, parents say they want us to be happy, but they don't want us to be happy. They want us to be safe. Yeah. And for our parents, it makes so much sense that all we need is a good nine to five. Mm. And then we're going to get, you know, uh, holidays and it's, it's safe. It's, that, it's what they know. So it's it's very important to bring compassion to them mm. and say, thank you, but I got it. Yeah, you know? completely, completely. And I would throw in there, it's possible to love someone without them getting you. And so often I wanted to convince my parents, no, no, you need to get this. Like, I need you to understand this. And it's challenging because here I am, I'm expressing the part of my soul that is most deep and, and important to me. And how can someone who I love not understand that? How is it possible that I can still love them? But it is. It is. You can still love someone without them fully getting you. I love my cat, right? Like he doesn't fully understand everything that's going on. And the same thing works with our parents. Um, so I get it. And I love that you mentioned that because this, I think that has a lot of much maturity in that too. Because as I was a teenager, I was so... I gave so much value to people getting me. And I was I always had very few friends because I wouldn't bother with people that didn't get me. Mm. And as you grow up, and I think that's a much like, you know, after you, you go through situations and you, you, you know what, you are who you are and you reach. And, and like you said, you're whole and complete just as you are. Mm. And we need everybody. And, and that's the whole, like my thing is, the do what you love revolution is be who you are. doesn't matter what it is. So it's important also to be able to love people how they are. Otherwise, you're just um, making everybody the same, just in a different in a different way. So I love it. Uh, and in my own journey, what I'm continuing to question is, well, what? It, who is it that I am? Meaning, what is it that unique that's unique about me? And it's often the things that make us cry as a child that end up being really good indications of what's special about us because we didn't fit in back then because we went through this unique set of circumstances that gave us this unique wisdom and perspective and challenge that we had to to overcome. And those are really good indications of, you know, how do I best live my purpose uh, by embracing that uniqueness and that weirdness? And how do I triple down on my strengths and on the things that are unique about me instead of trying to fix some perceived weaknesses? Yeah, that's the, yeah. And, and the whole thing, our uniqueness, it's only unique because we all had a different story. And we put the pieces of the puzzle in different ways. So even if I compare myself with my brother who had the same upbringing, the same parents, the same school, 
we're totally different people and we are totally unique and that's the 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 beautiful thing about the this whole do what you love thing because it's about bringing you just as you are to the marketplace you know let's let's do business with the human that we are we don't need to put a because that's what it was always crazy for me is like how come we have to be a person at work and then we off work and then we're different you're allowed to be someone else Mm. why do we have to sacrifice who we are 40 hours a week at the best so well anyways i'll make it all about me um I wanted to ask you something because you mentioned something really cool about it's important that you you're happy now. Yeah. And so people that are listening and say, "Oh yeah, it's easy for you because you're already five years in and you're different situation. You do your own your own hours or you live your life the way you live." But the thing is, when people are in that place that they they were so frustrated and kind of like heartbroken and disappointed even with themselves and going through, it's a, it's a big life transformation. How can they start creating habits of in being happy now when it seems like being happy is impossible? Mm, Do you understand my question? I think so. I, I understand what I want to say right now. So. You, you brought something to me, and if I don't answer your question, we could come back around to it. Um, when, when I'm on the phone with someone, speaking to them to see if they're a good fit for a retreat that I'm running, or back when I did more one-on-one coaching, when I'm kind of getting a sense of, like, is this uh, do I want to work with this person? Is this right for this person? There's a question that I ask myself, which is, what would actually make a difference in this person's life? Not what do I think is cool, not what is the science said is, you know, gratitude, optimism, all things I believe in and I practice. But like when I like slow down and take a deep breath, close my eyes and really feel this person energetically, really, what is my experience of this person? And what is it that I sense could possibly actually make a substantial difference in their life? Um, This is where I orient myself towards because one, I want to make the biggest difference and two, it's really good for business. If I can make the biggest difference, I'll have a better business. And when you ask this question of the, you know, the people who are like, well, Jacob, it's easy for you to say because you've been on this path for five years or you've had mentors or you've had this luck or you've, you know, whatever kind of reasoning we want to give to why we don't have what we want. The thing that has stopped me the most and the thing for everyone who's watching that I'd encourage you to, if there's one thing you could get worked out, it would be this, is to figure out what is the shame that you have. Shame is kryptonite. It will knock you out. It will keep you stuck. It will have you doubting yourself, have you having completely, um, completely, competing desires at the same time. I have this desire to be free and be self-expressed and live my dream life, but I have another desire for you not to know this thing about me. And if you're wondering, why don't you have what you want? Why do you sabotage yourself? Because there's a part of you inside, there's a part of me inside that feels like I am not enough. And the only way to heal shame is to, uh, one, have the awareness of it, 
to, to bring it to the light. And two is through empathy and through being around people where you can express that part of yourself feeling safe, understood, and perfect exactly as you are. So my biggest shame was I didn't feel man enough. And this, you know, and shame is experienced differently for men and for women. Women have certain shame that's gender biased. Men have other shame. And then within those different uh, categories, there's a lot more shame that exists. Um, But my shame was like, I didn't feel man enough. And I was constantly questioning my manhood. You know, anything that I did that would be perceived as feminine, I got self-conscious about and kind of retreated and like got in my head and felt like, oh man, there's something innately wrong with me because I'm not man enough. So whether that's like if I postured myself in a weird way, right? Like maybe I'm like this and kind of then I, I look at the camera and I'm like, that looks kind of feminine. Why are you doing that? Right? And I'd get in my head and I'd start to go nuts about I'd obsess over it. So shame is kryptonite. Uh, when I brought my shame to the light, which by the way is the scariest fucking thing that you can do is to bring your shame to the light. You would rather die than talk about the parts of yourself that you're afraid for anyone to know about. But what's so beautiful is that by talking about those parts of yourself that are so scary to look at, you actually do die. Your identity dies and you get to take what's in the shadow, which is your dormant power. In other words, you have all this power uh, the the capacity to tap into it, but you're not because it's it's hidden. It's in the shadow, and you get to take that power. Look at the fear that's the barrier between you and your power. Look at that, and then own it by stepping into it. Realize that you're the only thing to be afraid of was the fear itself, because the actual thing, when you own it, then you actually get that power, and you become a more whole, integrated, powerful human being, and you get to use that power towards uh, creating your version of whoever's life you admire. And so shame, you know, Brene Brown is kind of the authority on shame. Uh, she's got two great TED Talks. I'm sure that, uh, you know, many people have seen them. Um, yeah, she watch, was the one. Yeah. I'd, she was the one who clicked me, yeah. Totally. I'd watch her talks on shame, um, and then I'd buy her book, Daring Greatly, and then I would make your uh, primary purpose to figure out, you know, what shame do I have that is there? And... Who can I start to talk to this about? For me, it was a therapist. Like I went and I saw a therapist. And I can't say that my shame was eradicated instantly, but it helped. And uh, and it's been a process over the last five years. Like Even now, in my relationship with my girl, we've been together two years and I'm still bringing up things with her that like I'm like, oh, I thought I worked all that shame out. But I'm like, no. Remember that crazy dream that I had when I was 13 years old and I thought that there was something so wrong with me for having that dream like we just had this conversation a day or two ago and it was although i've worked through my shame blah 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 there's still deep shame in there that by me being able to express with her and she's like oh baby i'm so glad you told me that it's so normal you know i had my own similar thing like man how long have you been carrying that around with you um the work goes on so when i look at what would actually make the biggest difference in the people who are who are watching's life this work is so powerful, and um, please, uh, you know, play with it and, and go into it if you're feeling called to. And I love that you mentioned that because it's even when you start talking about how you go energetic, in, energetically to towards your clients, that's that's counting a lot on your intuition, which a lot of people say it's a lot of you know what women do, mm-hmm. which actually 
as far as I'm concerned, everybody has intuition. It's just how, how much you, you're willing to listen to it. Totally. And you wouldn't be able to give this gift to other people and ha- like be the person who opens the path for them if you didn't allow yourself to get this vulnerable, which is also a lot of, um, I'm sure you learned from Brené Brown as well. Yeah, that's a great insight. Yeah, and it's it's about, and I love that you mentioning that because at the end of the day, for me, you know, there's a lot a lot to do with freedom and purpose, but the bottom line is the connection. And I, I firmly believe that we are one, and you know, I'm on that tribe. And um, as soon as you start um, tapping into your fears and your your shame and being vulnerable, that's when you connect because it's like what your girlfriend said i i feel the same and then you see yourself in the other and the other is able to see them through you so it's so rich like connection is so so rich and the the key is if you're not being yourself then you can never really connect because you're not allowing people to get to who you really are so it's power and Preach, sister. Goes on. I can sit back over here yeah. and let you talk all day. So <laughs> We're on the same page. And you know what's funny? Because it always started with a career change. And the more I tap into it and the more I help other people doing it and the more I want to escalate my work, the more it becomes a spiritual thing. Mm. You know, it's it's a, I didn't expect it to be like that. Yeah, and I, and I get this sense that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the soul versus the identity. And there's we're changing our identity because the soul is, is kind of saying, Hey, Hey, pay attention to this other thing that really matters to you. And so the identity is the career thing. It's okay. Well, who do I appear to be in society? What is my role in our culture? Um, but when we actually figure out, well, what career change makes sense, it brings us back to the soul and to the spirit. Yeah. It beca- and, and then I think that's the ultimate holistic life when you, put everything into a whole there's no pieces it's all part of the same puzzle mm. well i'd love to talk to you the whole day but we gotta wrap up um i want to close off with two two tips for our listeners one is what book would you recommend you already recommended daring great i'd say get daring greatly yeah that that would be it cool um, and I love quotes. Do you have a quote that you live by or a favorite one or one that pops into your mind now? There's a quote that when I heard, I was just like, how can one sentence describe my experience of life so identically? And it's by Judea Krishnamurti. And he says, it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And my whole life, I felt like there was something wrong with me because I wasn't the way society told me I should be. And when I heard his quote, he was like, no, no, society is all fucked up, basically. And it's not you. Own who you are. Like, trust in that, you know? Um, Don't measure your success by what society says is right. Like, own own your own wisdom. So that's the one for me. Oh, yeah. I love that. And just to... To, to expand a little bit on that. And it is, society is sick because it puts us just in one, in one box and doesn't allow us, we're not taught in schools how to be ourselves. Mm. And 
But this is our job, is our generation's job to have different kids and create a new normal. Totally. Thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we're going to have other opportunities throughout our journeys. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you for being up at one in the morning right now to do this. Uh, this is amazing. I love your spirit and your commitment to creating magic. So huge shout out to you walking the talk. And for everyone who's watching, if you want to engage more deeply in my work, uh, you can head on over to sensify.com and, um, you know, just opt in for the, my emails that I send out. They're kind of crazy and sometimes helpful. And I promise to, uh, you know, only send you stuff that can actually make a difference in your life. So, um, and actually an easy URL to, to, that I'm, I'm geeking out about that you can use is, um, thankyoujacob.com. I just bought it like two days ago. Thankyoujacob.com. And, uh, and then I have a little kind of, um, 12 things happy people do differently, which is really scientific grounded wisdom for, um, how to apply some, uh, powerful changes to your life. So I'd encourage cool. you to come say hello. I'll put all the links into the show notes as well. So people can, can go and find you. Okay. It's awesome. Perfect. Thank you, Jacob. Have, okay. a, have a great day in New York. Okay. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Soul Sibling, thank you so much for rocking with us. I appreciate you and I appreciate that you're using your time and your energy toward making yourself a better person and the world a better place. So if you'd like to keep in touch, I'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast and I'm excited to deepen our relationship to get to know each other better over time and to see how I can help you solve meaningful challenges and create your most fulfilled life. We've got a great community over here. And we run retreats all over the world. We've got people who connect with each other and support each other in living the most fulfilled life. And what I'd suggest for your next step is to grab a copy of The 12 Things Happy People Do Differently. It's a scientific-based approach to happiness, and there's a lot of great wisdom out there, but this in particular is researched back from some of the world's leading positive psychologists in the world, and it's super grounded, super practical, how you could do these 12 things that happy people do differently and rock it. The article's been shared over 100,000 times on Facebook, and there's some magic in there. So in order to grab a copy of that, you can go to thankyoujacob.com. Sounds simple, and it is. Thankyoujacob.com, and uh, grab that immediately, and I will keep in touch through personal emails that I send out a couple times a month and all that goodness. So for now, sending you lots of love. Keep it real. Follow your heart, but bring your head. Peace.